Hey guys, can you do me a quick favor? And before we continue on to the episode in the show description, I am looking for best ways that you guys would enjoy to support this podcast, whether that's doing a Patreon model, setting up a merchandise account, doing jujitsu videos, anything of that nature, I would greatly appreciate it. So there is a Google form that is down in the description below. If you guys could take that short survey for me, I would greatly appreciate it. That way I can either get you guys more episodes because if I can find a way to support the podcast, I can get you guys more content. So anyway, thank you for that. And we'll get on to the episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. My name is Jason Hill. Hopefully you guys are all having a good week so far. You guys are all getting after it in training. Thank you to everyone who has filled out also the podcast survey down in the description below. It's really helped me get some good information and hopefully I can get you guys options here very soon about potential ways to support the podcast. Um, in that survey, there was an area that asked about potential future topics, what you guys like hear, to hear about. And a big one was talking about injuries and training with injuries and everything like that. So I'd figured I'd talk a little bit about that. I've talked about that on some other podcasts, but I don't expect everyone to have gone back and listened to every single one. I also have a little bit of an injury myself. So I'm going to try to practice a little bit what I what I preach here and give you guys some insight. So the way that I look at jujitsu injuries mainly is kind of in two ways. We have, I guess, less severe injuries, um, and then we have more severe injuries. Basically, the way that you can think about it is that you have injuries that you can train with and injuries that you can't train with. Usually the hard time with students is them trying to figure out what the injury is and if they in which category they fit into. And usually what I see is especially with newer students, they grossly overestimate one or the other. So what I mean by that is if a student has a very actually kind of gets a severe injury as a white belt or something that they should probably pay a little bit more attention to, they just completely ignore it and then continue to train full bore and then it gets way worse and then that drives them into either having to take a long time off or having to quit altogether. On the flip side, if a student has sustained an injury in the past before from another sport or another activity, they will then tend to think every injury is a giant problem and they will lay off of training anytime they get like a sprained finger or a pop knuckle. And that is not good either because the more time that you take off and the more breaks that you have, the worse that it is to come back from. You get out of a habit and you get out of a routine. So like I said, usually what I see students is when they're newer, they grossly overestimate one or the other. So how do we determine which is what kind of injury is which? And then also, how do you train either with the mild injury where you actually can train or what could you do to actually get better or still keep your jujitsu somewhat sharp if you actually have to take time away from the mat and you're not able to train and it is an actual severe injury. So we'll talk about that um, here right now. So the weird thing about injuries or, you know, a sustaining one outside of like a catastrophic injury or an injury that actually is going to require medical surgery, like, you know, we can measure a fracture, you know, we can see how much a fracture of a bone or a torn muscle 
or a ligament has gone, right? We can go under x-rays, MRIs, and we can figure that out. But a lot of times what I have seen over my 12 to 13 years of training and teaching jiu-jitsu is majority of the time when students are dealing with injuries, it's not going to be dealing with that. That's a pretty easy decision. If you know like you're in a sling or your legs in a cast or you're on crutches or something, well, that's pretty obvious. You're probably not going to be training jiu-jitsu. So the injuries I'm more referring to are going to be ones that are usually dealing with pain or discomfort, right? That's really what we're trying to understand. We're trying to understand that, hey, when I'm training jiu-jitsu, my shoulder is in so much pain or discomfort while I'm training. I just, man, I just can't continue to train jiu-jitsu. That's kind of what we're referring to here. And unfortunately, there's really not a good way to measure that. The only way that we can do this is off of a scale kind of tier. So I personally like the scale of one to five. Um, I think one to 10 has too many options, but I think one to five is a a good option and it kind of makes you think a little bit more critically. So the scale of one to five is that one is like the pain is very mild. Five, the pain is like, oh my God, I need to go to the hospital. I think almost everything is broken. And so the way that I like to tell students is usually if it's a three or under, that is a probably a discomfort that you can train with. If it's a four or more, I would probably be staying away from it. And that probably means it's pretty pissed off. So I would not train. And so what I mean by that is that if you're, you know, getting older in life, you're going to have these old injuries, you know, maybe like a back thing or a knee thing or a shoulder thing that 95% of the time it's good. But occasionally when the weather changes, maybe you banged it really hard, it starts to flare up and all of a sudden you're going to wake up one day and it's going to be pissed off. And so if it's a four or more, do not train, take the time off. But if it's a three or under, I would maybe consider highly thinking about training, just maybe adjusting the way that you train. So that leads to the next point. How do we actually train if we have an injury that is a three or under? How can you set yourself up? Well, there's a couple of ways to do this, but kind of the most powerful tool or the number one thing that I tell people to do with injuries is that you have all the control of your body, right? So often I see this even too with newer students. The reason why we're so exhausted whenever we start training jujitsu in the beginning of our career is because not because my training partner is going so crazy, not because they're the ones that are like hurting me or causing all of my muscles to contract or for me to fatigue. It's because of me. I'm the one that's pushing the pace too hard. I'm the one that's contracting all the muscles because when you guys are first new and you start training, you're not sure how to be efficient, you're not relaxed and all of that stuff. So you almost have to go back to that same approach as you being injured. You can't push the pace. You're the one that has to control the environment. You're the one that has to make sure that if my right arm is hurt, that I'm not over pushing with that right arm. Now for some of you, This is a problem because you have a hard time conceding. You have a hard time of not playing your A game. Your ego gets in the way. You're self-conscious. You're insecure 
for whatever reason, for whatever, that you can't let some guy get the best of you of one day, that you can't control your ego. And that's okay. That's why we're in jujitsu is to get humbled and to improve. But just know that if your goal is to train like long term and to not make that, you know, a, a three injury, a five injury, then you have to keep that in check. You have to control it. The other things that you can do is making sure, like I said, if it's the arm injury, making sure that your escapes or that your um, techniques are toward the side of the good arm. And also communication with your training partner is also super key. So like making sure every person that you train with knows of your injury and let them know. Now you can't say, hey, like my whole body's injured or whatever, you know, the guy that's all taped up from left and right and kind of says all submissions are X nade, but like just telling them, Hey, you know, can you please be careful of my right knee or can you be, be careful of this arm or whatever that always helps. And then be communicative. If you feel like that, they forget because guess what guys, just because you told somebody this person's also trying to accomplish their goals and things too. So they're maybe going to forget. Maybe they accidentally land on it and just be like, Hey, Hey, hey can we move over here to this side? You know, just be communicative toward that. But once again, it's an insecurity thing on our part. We don't want to disrupt the other person's training, but you have to find this fine balance between where you don't want to exnay everything, but you also want to make sure that you're not getting hurt anymore. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence, either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. So thank you guys again, and I'll see you guys later. Some other cool tricks are like if I'm training in the gi and my arm is hurt, for example, I actually put my arm inside of my belt. I'll actually like put it inside so that way a person can't grab my arm and it makes me roll one armed, which is kind of fun and, and challenging, but you're able to make sure that they don't grab that arm. Another thing you could do too, it's a little bit um, excessive or whatever, but you could put a piece of tape, like a um, piece of black tape or a piece of red tape, athletic tape on top of the arm or the leg that's injured that way that person can see but a lot of times the tape falls off so really the best habit the two strongest things i i say is making sure you're in control you're not freaking out usually if you're going to go slow the training partner goes slow right and then communicative so if you're like continuing if you say hey my arm is hurt and you continue to move slow that makes it very obvious to your training partner and it's easier for them to remember. But if you say, Hey, you know, my arms hurt. I want to go slow. Like, you know, can you take it easy on that? Then you go and you come out like a bat out of hell. Then they're going to try to, they're going to match that energy and be a, and then try to, you know, survive. And they might have to use a little bit more force. And then anytime that more force is used, more accidents can happen. So you guys can see how it's kind of a trickle down effect from there. So ultimately the person you who has the injury has the most control now when it comes to specific injuries like back injuries or knee injuries or wrist injuries i mean yeah there there are a million things 
but this is pretty, I'm trying to give you guys kind of general ideas or principles. Yeah, if you have a specific shoulder injury, you might just have to stay away from attacking certain positions. If you have a specific rib injury, you're going to have to maybe avoid being put into specific side control injuries. That's a lot of trial and error on your part because, once again, I can't always give you very specific techniques or very specific uh, submissions that you can do when that happens because everyone's injury is different and the rate of what they feel is hurting is different. So you guys need to kind of explore and figure that out. But once again, don't be afraid to be vocal and don't be afraid to change the environment. So now, how do you actually train? Let's say you have this four or five level injury to where you can't even be on the mat training. Well, first thing is that you don't want to change so much about your jiu-jitsu life that it becomes very hard to come back from. So usually what you can do, even if you're not able to physically train, is you can usually do kind of three things. The first one is that now with the internet and smartphones, you guys should be able to watch all kinds of jiu-jitsu content, whether it's from YouTube, instructionals, or whatever. But keeping your brain and keeping you plugged into the jiu-jitsu ecosphere, I think is extremely important. Um, usually, you know, you can tell, you know, this is why YouTube is such a powerful tool on the other side of advertising is because they can pretty much tell what kind of a person you are and your kind of thoughts and views on based upon what you uh, digest and what content you consume. So like the more jujitsu content you consume, then the better your jujitsu is just going to be because your brain is going to be naturally locked into that. So if you're a guy that only trains like a couple days a week and you don't listen to any other kind of jujitsu content, then you're missing out. You're not maximizing your potential ability to get better. Now, if that's not your main goal and you don't really care, then that's totally fine. But I'm just saying the more content you digest over a specific topic, the better you're going to be because the more locked in your brain's going to be onto that. So making sure if you're off the mat, you're digesting jujitsu content on a daily basis. Another thing I really recommend is for students to be able to still go to class when you can. Usually you can audit a class, right? You can go in, go to the regular class time you'd normally be going to and audit and watch the class and get very helpful information. That way you're still staying plugged in, your brain's not missing out, and uh, you're able to still get some information and you're keeping that connection with your jiu-jitsu gym very alive. You're wanting to make sure that it stays in place so that way whenever you come back, it's not so foreign. You don't feel like you're so lost anymore. Usually one of the hardest things I see students do is like they express to me when they come back from injury, they just say that it kind of feels different. It's like they haven't seen people in a while and it's kind of overwhelming for some people. Um, some of you guys, if you're an extrovert like myself, um, that's no problem for you. But if you're a little bit more of an introverted and shy person, you're going to have to push yourself and, and keep doing those things. Because if you know yourself, you know that if you're disconnected from people, you have a hard time reengaging, then that's a problem. You're going to have to try to mitigate that factor. Obviously, this is only if you're super interested in staying in jiu-jitsu long-term. If you're not interested, then it's not going to make a difference. But this is advice for people who are wanting to. And then the last thing is being able to do some kind of like solo movements or at least going to the jiu-jitsu or going to the gym, like even if it's a weightlifting gym and being able to 
um, get your body moving. So a lot of times you might be able to move a part of your body, but it may not be um, enough of a part to do a class or you're too worried about the injury getting even worse. So you can do solo movements at home. There's a plethora of resources on that. Um, if you don't know any solo movements and it's probably good, you can kill two birds with one stone. You could be watching, digesting jujitsu content and following along. Um, that'd be really cool. There's things like also training dummies that you guys can get in order to get better. But being able to still keep your body moving of some fashion is very important. Even if I go to the weightlifting gym and I'm thinking about it, I want to think about like even when I'm doing cardio, even if it's me walking on the treadmill, take that time to think of jujitsu. If you're doing pull downs or even a bench press for some reason, think about, oh man, this is a jujitsu. I'm bench pressing this person off me or I'm using my arms for this technique or something. But once again, I think the important part is if you're actually not on the mat is keeping your brain engaged, doing things like mental reps, thinking about techniques and putting it together. And I know some people will say, well, that just makes me more depressed and it makes me uh, anxious. It makes me sad that I can't go. Well, I don't know what to tell you because the research and studies show that if you just don't think about it, then you're never going to go. So that's not an excuse. Your thing is that you have to keep your brain engaged, even if you're off the mat. So there's my take on how to train with jiu-jitsu injuries. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it's going to happen at some point in your career. So make sure you guys uh, assess it and uh, do what you can to stay safe. Anyway, I'll see you guys in the next one. If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later.